we had a pet turkey. He got bowled over by the next door neighbour's um, sheepdog and it skinned all his back. I rang the surgeon, he said, bring him down. So I wrapped him up and brought him down and half stitched all his back up. Um, it was unbelievable. I'm sat in the waiting room with a turkey under my arm with his head sticking out, looking all around. And there's people there with dogs and cats. Retired butcher Ray Ballard is 89 and has lived in Heriot country for six decades. Even now, he chops meat two days a week in his old shop, now run by his daughter and her husband. It's been a butcher's for about 200 years and is on the same street in Thursk where Alf White, author James Herriot, had his vet's practice. We had a donkey and a pony and a goat, a pet sheep. We had chickens and if we needed a vet, Alf was our vet. And he was a really nice person to everyone. There was no falseness about him. He was just a nice person. And he always had time for you and he always had stories for you, you know, where he'd been and this, that and the other. It's 50 years since the first James Herriot book was published. Alf's tales, based on real people and events, brought joy to millions. To Ray, though, Alf White was, first and foremost, a pillar of the community. While pots of meat for the shop's homemade pies simmered away, Ray told us about cattle dealer Malcolm Johnson, a friend to many, including Alf and Donald Sinclair, Siegfried in the Harriet books. Um, Malcolm, he was Alf White's best friend, and, um, or James Harriet, whatever you like to call him. Malcolm said he introduced him to his wife, yes. In the 1960s, Alf had a nervous breakdown. Although mental health problems were not much discussed at the time, he certainly wasn't the only one to suffer. Malcolm, a bachelor, struggled to cope with his brother's death and had to be admitted to a mental health hospital. It had hurt him terribly. Donald got him into hospital. He said, you can't carry on like this, Malcolm. Your, your, your health's deteriorating. And he said, I'll make all the arrangements, and he did do. He had to have um, electric shock treatment and so on because of his mental state after his brother died. And he was the older brother, and the, uh, they were very, very close. Alfred also had electric shock treatment, hadn't he? So I didn't know that. Yeah. Malcolm's friends often took his sister to visit him in the hospital. And when he came home, they still looked out for him, including Alf, by then a world-famous author. Malcolm had a stroke in 1980. He left him paralysed down his side. And Alf used to come and sit with him. And Malcolm used to tell him stories, and Alf used to tell him stories. It was... Pleasure to sit and listen to them. They used to bounce stories off each other because Malcolm was a cattle and pig dealer and um, he got stories, of, uh, you know, of old farmers and farming habits and so on. I do believe some of them did appear in the books. Malcolm said they did, <laughs> yes. Mrs Pumphrey is a popular character in the Harriet books, a wealthy elderly lady who dotes on her overweight Pekingese tricky woo. Fans well remember the dog's flop bot, Mrs. Pumphrey's description of his impacted anal glands. Vet Uncle Harriet is well rewarded for his visits to Tricky Woo with some of the finer things in life, invitations to the poshest of parties and magnificent hampers of food. I always said yes to the very special sherry which came in enormous glasses and was deeply heartening at all times, but on cold days in particular. I sank into the cushions and stretched my legs towards the flames that leaped in the fireplace. As I took my first sip, the little dog climbed onto my knee. Tricky has been awfully well since your last visit, Mr. Harriet, Mrs. Pumphrey said. I know he is always going to be a little stiff with his arthritis, but he does get around so well. And best of all, he hasn't gone flop bot at all. Not once. 
so perhaps you won't have to squeeze the poor darling. Oh no, I won't, certainly not. I only do that if he really needs it. I had been squeezing Tricky Woo's bottom for years because of his anal gland trouble, so graphically named by his mistress, and the little animal had never resented it. I stroked his head and settled deeper in the cushions as the sherry began to send warm tendrils through my system. Mrs Pumphrey was based on a wealthy local woman called Marjorie Warner. After she discovered Ray's butcher's shop sold good ham, she ended her regular practice of being driven more than 20 miles each way to buy her ham elsewhere. One morning, though, Miss Warner was not happy with her purchase from Ray. Horace Freeman, who worked for her, was her manservant. He was a general dog's body. He worked all over the house and, and in the gardens and everywhere. Horace uh, came down with some cooked ham. She'd rung me earlier and said, the cooked ham's not quite up to standard, Mr Ballard. It's got a taste with it. Uh, would you change exchanges? I said, yes, of course I will. So Horace uh, brought this ham down, so I said to him, I can't see nothing wrong with the, with the ham, Horace. I said, whatever I cut you now, we're from the same ham. He said, it doesn't matter, just cut it. He said, she has ham for breakfast every morning with Benedictine. And we've run out of Benedictine and she's never tasted ham on its own before. <laughs> she was, it's lovely. Benedictine uh, is an alcoholic drink. It's a, it's a French liqueur and it's, uh, it's very sweet. Ray also enjoys remembering Donald Sinclair, Sea Creed, in the books. Donald was known for speaking his mind, even though it seemed to change from one minute to the next, and he was known for being rather eccentric. I had an antique business as well, and Donald used to come round there. Now, Donald never bought anything. If you didn't deal with Donald, it was a swap. So he used to collect barometers. So he said to me, um, I like this barometer. So I said, right. So he lifted it down, and another one. He lifted two or three down. So he said, can I take them, take them home to Southwoods Hall to uh, have a look at them and see if they're in good working order? I said, so, certainly, Donald, take them. So he took them, and then he came in the shop. He said, I'm going to keep two of those barometers, and he brought me the other one back. I said, oh, right, so then. So I said, how do you want billing for these? Oh, I don't want billing, he said. I said, you don't? He said, no, no, you come up to the house and if there's anything you want in my attics, we'll do a deal. I said, righto. So I went up there and I was looking around in the attics. It was full of old surplus furnishings. I said to him, uh, I said, what are, you, uh, what are you doing with all these up here, Donald? He said, oh, these are all surplus. He said, nobody wants them. He said, we'll do a deal. So there's a huge gramophone with a big horn on it. It was called an elephant gramophone. I've never seen or had one before or since. And uh, I did a swap with him for two barometers. <laughs> and then I stayed for afternoon tea with him and his wife. Yes, it was lovely, actually. Lovely as it is to hear Ray reminisce, the world has moved on since those Harriet days. Alf White and Donald Sinclair, Harriet and Siegfried, died in 1995. The Yorkshire they knew as vets in the 1940s and 50s, most of their clients' small farmers, has altered a lot too. These days, vets in Thursk deal with pets most of the time. Ray's daughter Sarah Jane, in the meat trade since she was a teenager, has also witnessed a fair amount of change. When Ray decided to retire 20 years ago, he initially put his butcher's shop up for sale. There we caught up with Sarah Jane. I said, oh, what are you doing? I said, no, 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 I'd expect you to take that on, it's by yourself. Oh, yes. Um, 
so that changed his heart completely so yes then I worked with him for a year and then he did retire and then after about six months I realized that I couldn't actually do it on my own it's too big it's, there's too much going on and that's when Andrew came on the scene and we've done it together ever since he's third generation butcher and were you an item at that point or did you fall in love over the yes, tables yes fell in love over a sausage filler <laughs> and yeah as I say that was that <laughs> There still aren't that many female butchers around today. In the late 1980s, Sarah Jane was a pioneer. At the time, I was probably one of the first female butchers at all. I was the only girl on the course out of 60. Uh, the whole three years, did my meat inspector certificate, so I'd go into slaughterhouses, the only woman in there. They were a bit animal-like, to be fair, like they'd never seen a woman in their lives before. Yeah. What sausage would you like, Sarah? Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's a, a pork one. Do you like a to this day, Sarah Jane still faces some prejudice at work, although she laughs it off. And we did have a classic moment when, well, we do still now, when reps walk through the door and speak to the boss love. Yes, she's speaking to her. And they look over the top of you, and I'm afraid they're to finish before they start. Even now? Even now. If they can't just come in and just accept that the, the boss could be anybody, old, young man, woman, and we've got one, Andrew, that, that we can't speak to, because he won't speak to me. It's strange, isn't it? And Andrew said, you need to speak to Sarah, it's her business, and he still carried on. So, it, And actually, it's quite amusing, more than anything. I don't take it personally, because it is quite funny being able to say, oh, well, thank you and goodbye. <laughs> Sarah Jane was the first lady member of the York Guild of Butchers, an organisation promoting the trade. It's been up and running for more than 700 years. Later, she became its first lady master, Somehow she squeezed fundraising events in, as well as running the shop and making tons of pies and different flavoured sausages. Despite her line of work though, like most of us, she's more sentimental about some animals than others. When we were young, we had a donkey called Simon and he lived until he was 50. And we had a sheep and he was called Benny and he had come as a pet lamb from somebody's house. He had a collar around his neck and a bell on and he followed the men around and they couldn't kill him. So dad brought him home and then we had a goat called Priscilla, and uh, she was another way from stray, blind in one eye. So all our pets were a bit like that. So yes, we probably kept um, James Harriet going quite nicely. We do have customers who say, oh, I'm going to get a couple of sheep or a couple of pigs, and if we get them killed, can you butcher them? We can. And I said, but my biggest thing saying to you is, do not give them a name. Do not treat them like a pet. And some of them can't do it. I suppose, yeah, if you think back to Simon and Priscilla... Yeah, I've gone to kill them. <laughs> no, no, there are pets. While Sarah Jane is in many ways a butcher for the 21st century, there are some aspects of modern life that she hasn't perhaps fully embraced. We do have to smile because we're getting more customers that are saying, oh, can you imagine being a vegan in January? I think it's the part of the world we're in. I think maybe in the city, maybe with the younger, younger ones, yeah, just be a fad for a month. But it just the more people here think it's just incredibly funny. Uh, we do a lot of um, things on Facebook and what have you. And there's a there's a lovely advert about we're going to all eat lamb for February. Then if we're not if we're being a vegan in January, so it hasn't touch wood affected us at all yet. I do have a nut roast in the freezer in the back just in case. You were still in here though. Yes, I did three on Saturday. But you see, the man took pounds of lamb to do this lovely tagine thing. He said, what am I going to give my vegans? I said, oh, I can help. <laughs> I had a nut roast in the background. 
Sarah Jane and Andrew live and work together, often working seven days a week. Beautiful Herrick country or no beautiful Herrick country? Doesn't it all get a bit too much at times? A married couple, you're both butchers, if you have a big argument at home, you could really commit the perfect crime. Absolutely, yeah, who, who gets in there first? Actually, yeah, you could end up just being fed to a pig yeah. Yeah, somewhere. But we heard it here first. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Voices from Harriet Country and thanks to Ray Ballard and Sarah Jane and Andrew Truman for their time and lovely stories. Also thanks to Ishbel Hurd for the music. We hope to have more episodes with you very soon. Please check our Facebook page for updates. Stay safe and take care. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.